1-800-636-1037-720 WGN. I am really looking forward to talking to our next guest. Let me set the scene here, though. I graduate University of Iowa May of 96. My life plan at that time was next to nothing. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how is this sentence going to finish? Complete terror of the world. How do I go back to school? Is there any way that I could extend that? I can't get into any grad schools. My grades were horrendous. What's next? Oh. I really like sports, and I guess radio, and I want to be around Michael Jordan. So I end up being a producer, reporter for a brand new sports show in town at the time called The Naked Truth About Sports, which was on 92.7 The Bear, with hosts Seth Marks and John Cohn. One of your favorite shows. The coach. The coach, and they, they ended up on the score for a period of time. And, and, and so we've got this brand new show. It's 1998. The Chicago Bulls are in their last season with Jordan. How am I going to get credentialed here? So I just show up at the Birdo Center, and I give a letter to Tim Hallam, who's lead, and I am explain. And and originally I'm denied, and then I just <laughs> stayed with it, and eventually they, they let me in, and so I got to cover the last season. And Tom Smithberg, who joins us now, was. <laughs> was the Bulls media relations guy there who let me in, which uh, I don't know if you regret that, Tom, but I want to thank you because it was an experience of a lifetime being around that team. Do you do you remember a young Carm? Let's make this whole interview about me. So that was you? <laughs> do you regret giving him the credential, Tom? Wow. He was a guy hanging out at the Birdo Center looking for the credentials that afternoon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's amazing how 22 years goes by so quickly, huh? It, it 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 is man and and you you were great to me and you were great to Seth and you let us in and we and we all, I just tried to stay in the background like most like because these guys would line up to interview Jordan at halftime like Jim Rose would be camped out in, in the middle of the second quarter I'm like I'm I'm like you know what I'm more than happy to go talk to Allen Iverson who no one's talking to on the Sixers and get something from him because I didn't have any real duties I was just there to get guests yeah. and whatever else so I I never I never got in the way Tom that was one of my great my, my great uh, attributes at the time I, I'll tell you what I'm glad you gave the props to Tim Hallam who's who's a, a career mentor of mine a longtime forty year. PR director of the Bulls, who gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to be the day-to-day PR guy for the Bulls. And it just so happened to be, I, I just happened to be there uh, in my mid-20s when, uh, what do you know, Michael Jordan comes back for the second three-peat. So, man, what a lucky guy I, I was to, to be uh, in my mid-20s in that job in Chicago. It was right. pretty spectacular. And I'm glad you got on board, at least for that 97-98 uh, season. That was unbelievable. Well, Tom, we never worked together, but I've covered many games at the United Center, and I have to thank yeah. you because I learned something from the last dance, thanks to you, when you snuck Rodman <laughs> out of the United Center. I have walked into gate three and a half a million times. I had no idea that there was a laundry room right there, and now if I ever need to sneak out of the United Center, I know how to get out. So thank you Don't for that. Don't tell anybody. Don't yeah. tell anybody about that. I, I'll tell you what. That was about the eighth uh, escape uh, we, we had to do for Rodman during the year. But um, I mean, think of the irony that there was 300 media in the hallway, and we sneaked Dennis Rodman out of the media gate, gate three and a half. I mean, you couldn't write that stuff up. It was, uh, uh, it, it was basically uh, every day was an ongoing uh, crisis communications uh, uh, plan 101, whatever, whatever fire that needed to be put out for that day. Uh, we we had to step up and uh, 
help Phil Jackson to uh, manage the media and manage the crush. It was a lot of fun. It was it's so much fun to look back and watch the last dance uh, 22 years later and, and relive it. That was uh, uh, what, what an awesome film. I know you guys have been talking about it for a long time or, you know, for quite a while, but it was, uh, it was really special to be a part of it. No, it's, it's awesome. And I have to say that, you know, just what you're saying about it makes me wonder what it was like to be in your job during that time. Because like you said, you had the most popular sports team in the world. Everyone yeah. wants obviously a piece of them in some way, shape, or form. On top of just being popular and having Michael Jordan, you've got Dennis Rodman, you know, sneaking off to Michigan for the Hulk Hogan thing. You have him going to Vegas. You got all this stuff going on. Like, did you sleep during this period? How did you even handle this job? I, you know, looking back, I don't know how we how we handled it from a day to day perspective. It was. I mean, we just had to react and go with your gut and just, you know, be in the moment. I mean, we had no idea Dennis was going to, between games three and four of an NBA Finals, we had no idea Dennis was going to race off to Detroit to, uh, what, to wrestle with uh, Hulk Hogan. I mean, we, we were watching it on TV going, wait a second, wasn't he supposed to be at practice today or tomorrow? I mean, you know, it was, what's he doing there? It was, uh, uh, we were flying by the seat of our pants. Um, luckily... Uh, having support with someone like Tim Hallam and uh, the people I worked with, it, it was great. And truly, someone like Phil Jackson as the leader of the team and someone who had to sit on the plane with and travel with and spend time with. And he had a great sense of what to handle, how to handle the media, what to say, what not to say. And uh, he he really was a, 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 an expert. And I give him a lot of credit, too, because we were uh, – we were constantly reacting to the uh, comment or the, the drama at the moment. You know, you mentioned the, the Rodman thing. It might be Scottie Pippen saying something about being traded, or it might be something that Jerry Krause said. I mean, it was every day. It was a new, uh, it was a new fire to put out. Were you on the bus when they were firing at Krause, Tom? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, you know, I was on that bus. There was, there was several bus rides uh, uh, where there was comments uh, uh, thrown out to the front. But, you know, during that that season, or during that part of that season, it's you know the, the, I don't think the players liked seeing the general manager uh, traveling with the team on the West Coast road trip there. So I think they were just taking out some of their frustrations uh, uh, in the moment. But yeah, I was uh, I happened to be on that bus. That was that was not fun. <laughs> did, did you did you think like, hey Phil, why don't you step in here and stop it? I guess Jerry kind of blames him for that. Did you have that thought in your head at all? Yeah, and you know what? It, it Phil, he wouldn't even do it with words. He would just step, he would stand up on the bus and just look back at the guys in the back of the bus who were making the comments. And that was his way of saying, calm down. And that was his, his, his way to lead the team. He just gave him that look and everybody knew, okay, enough's enough. And, and that's pretty much the scene of, of what happened. It was, it was well, uh, well descriptive in the, uh, well depicted in the film. Tom, when it comes to Michael Jordan, it seems like for someone who is obviously the the most famous athlete on the planet who everybody in the world wanted to interview, it seems mm-hmm. like he was pretty good about doing all these different interviews. Like, he talked to every game. He seemed to be extremely accessible. For somebody in your job, was he as good to work with as it appeared that he was? He really was. I tell you what, he knew his responsibility. He took it very seriously. He knew his role in the NBA as, you know, the, the lead dog and as well as with the team. He was one of the team spokesmen, obviously the captain. And he knew 
that it was his responsibility to say something and be accountable, be present, and be available every day. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, there were some tough times, too, where, uh, you know, we're supposed to open up that locker room 10 minutes after every single game. And a couple early season losses, you know, he, uh, he didn't want that locker room opened up at 10 minutes. So we had our battles uh, there, too. I got some shoes thrown at me and some other things. So, uh, but that was just him uh, asserting his, uh, his uh, I'll just call it leadership. But did you at least get to keep film. those shoes? Because those are valuable <laughs> shoes. I, I did keep a couple along the way. So All right, if you're going to throw them at me. Uh, hey, you got to sign them, and I'll keep them as, as a uh, something to keep for the future. <laughs> there you go. Did you ever gamble with them, Tom? You ever play the quarters game that we got to see with uh, the security people? Hey, I stayed away from those quarters games. I did not want to play that. I, I let the security guards and Michael handle that. I, I think the hardest part was uh, keeping uh, Dennis away from uh, you know Vegas or Atlantic City on the road. Uh, speaking of uh, you know rolling the dice, uh, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was always the challenge. <laughs> I remember being at one game. I'm sitting there in the upper level press box, and I look down. I'm like, "That's Carmen Electra. She's sitting behind the basket." And so I went down, Tom. I hope you can't take my credential away from me. Although I don't think he was really doing anything wrong. But I, but I went down. I tried to interview I Carmen. My name is Mark Carmen. I think we should be friends. Let's have a. Let's have a and her her entourage was like she was super. She was smiling and being nice. But they're like, "You don't get to talk to Carmen Electra." Who who was like the celebrity? that you got to meet because of being in that position that kind of, I don't know if you were wide-eyed or just excited about, there was a, you know, the big scene in the last dance with you and Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, without a doubt, for me, Eddie Vedder. What a nice guy. Uh, to Eddie Vedder and, and Dennis uh, got, to, uh, got, got to become very close that season. Eddie probably came to 10 to 15 games, uh, in, you know, in and around the Pearl Jam Tours. And I mean, I even have a memory of, of being in New Jersey where the game had already started and like the ticket person for the New Jersey Nets would, would tap my shoulder and say, yeah, there's some guy, Ed, at the ticket window. Uh, you know, <laughs> it said Dennis left him some uh, tickets. I'm like, what are you talking about? And there was Eddie Vedder just sitting outside freezing, you know, waiting, waiting for his tickets. And Rodman had forgotten to give him, uh, give him the tickets. So I went to the locker room and found him and got him in. So uh, I, I would say that, uh, just getting to know someone like that like uh, eddie was really a cool experience and uh for me that was as a music fan i'm a huge music fan so that was my uh, uh that was my that was my favorite celebrity that's awesome i mean the the scene with jerry seinfeld in there was hilarious to me and just like <laughs> just like the awkwardness of it too because you could oh. tell like hi they, phil yeah they they both <laughs> clearly like each other michael and jerry from the from the sake of like they mm-hmm. both respect one another but then like jerry just looks so awkward in there and they want him to get out of there and i thought that was a great scene but like was he good to deal with were these people like you must have been having these people in and out all the time were they generally good to deal with yeah i mean good question the interesting thing is that when these a-level celebrities would come in they would have to show up an hour before the game now getting an a-level celebrity to show up an hour before an nba game is one thing so they would walk in the locker room just as we're closing the locker room yeah. 45 minutes before the game. That's NBA rules. So it would be Jerry Seinfeld one night, Denzel Washington another night. Um, I mean, we had uh, Evander Holyfield. Imagine me trying to take him out of the locker room. You know, obviously I mentioned uh, uh, Eddie Vedder. So they would show up right when we're closing the locker room door, and Phil Jackson would just look at me and say, get them out of here, you know. And so <laughs> that's why you saw in that one scene with Seinfeld. I'm like, okay, yep. 
good good to see you. We got we got to move along now. So that was uh, you, you could you could sense some of the awkwardness, but uh, uh, that was pretty much the scene. These A level celebrities would come in, and and uh, my glamorous job was to sweep them out of the locker room. At least he had a great line. That play's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> he had to come up with something. He has no yeah. off button at Jerry Seinfeld. He's yeah. Something. I want to give credit to Phil because obviously he was a great coach, but there was a mm-hmm. he, there, he had a commanding presence that yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure you were afraid of him, right? Weren't you like you do not want to be on the wrong side of Phil Jackson? This, there was a certain standard that he held. I, I don't know how much credit you think he deserves for the Bulls winning, you know, six titles. Like some people, now oh, he was coaching Michael Jordan, but it seemed to me that 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 Phil came out of this documentary looking incredibly important to everything that went on. You know, he really, does, yes, he did, and he deserves it. I was, the, the word I keep thinking uh, that, that Phil had on uh, was respect. He had the respect of every player in that locker room, and that when he spoke up, they listened, whether it was Rodman or, or to any other players, Jordan, Pippen, the leaders, and, and the role players. Phil knew exactly what buttons to push and how to push them and when. And that was one of my observations, just being around, uh, you know, that team. And that was really special. And, I mean, that's something, you know, it's, we can all take about leadership or executive leadership is how to lead a group of people with such different personalities, such different egos and agendas, and to hold them together like he did to the result of, you know, six championships in eight years. Um, wow, what a privilege just to, to see and experience and be a part of. That was really cool. Tom Smithberg, Bulls Media Relations. What, what, how long were you there, Tom? Uh, I was with the Bulls uh, 1991 to 99. So I guess I, oh, I picked oh my the right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh Talk about good timing on that. Wow. Yeah. Which, which, yeah. which do you think was the best team? Oof. You know, I have to say that 72 win season. I just I can't possibly think of uh, a better team because of the hunger. To the combination of the hunger and the talent uh, at that point, no one was going to beat him. That, in my opinion, was the the, the best of the six. I would I, ninety five, ninety six. If we had more time to quibble about it, I would I would I would go into my ninety one argument about young Mike and young Scotty. But we don't have time for that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's worth, worthy to go there. I, I would say night. My second it would be a ninety one, ninety two team. That's a, because the, the the youth and the and the athleticism, so that's 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 where I would write that. Yeah, in a second. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Tom, it's great to catch up with you. You're working with Levita Baseball now. Yes, uh, uh, my company. Uh, since I uh, left the Bulls, Teamworks Media, we have a digital media platform called Levita Baseball, and it's a uh, it, it speaks and connects with uh, Latino fans, Latino baseball fans all around the world. Uh, we have a uh, we have a show every every uh, Friday called Being Guillen, which is the entire Guillen family, Ozzy Guillen and his three sons. Mm. And you can find Levita Baseball on uh, all social uh, social media channels. So I've been working on that as well as some other things, and it's a, it's been a lot of fun to stay in sports and uh, be around it. Love uh, love being uh, still near my Chicago sports teams. Very cool and great to have you on, Tom. And thank you so much for credentialing me back in the day. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> Anytime. Whatever I could do to help. And uh, great to reconnect with you after all these years. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Yeah, Tom, Thanks, you're awesome. Tom. Tom Smithberg. Thanks for being on, man. Be well. Have a good one. Tom Thanks. Smithberg, Bulls, Media Relations. Levita Baseball now. Quick timeout, 720 WGN.